Recorded by The Way in Brea. Lead pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at The Way and a desire to reach the lost. The Way's production department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. Am I too loud? I'm echoing, I hear it. Good, thank you, thanks Ray. Uh, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by just um, all that he's been you know, doing for us um, through uh, the courses, through um, just uh, the body um, here at The Way. Um, and, um, just overwhelmed, you know. That he's he's doing so much, and we 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 sang it early today. Uh, he's all he's always been working, from day one. He's always been working, and he continues to work and speak to us um, through the amazing, beautiful words that he shares, you know, with us uh, through the sermons that um, that we bring forth. And uh, last week, I don't know if you guys enjoyed it, but I, I wasn't here, but I listened to the sermon on our app. And community, I, you know, it was, uh, the kingdom community was so amazing. I have a different perspective of community from the word that was brought forward from our pastor last week. I think we all enjoyed it, amen? Amen. amen. Uh, I loved when, how he said, love is community, you know. He also mentioned that it's, it's God's creation. It was his idea uh, for community, for the kingdom community. So, um, and today... We're going to talk about some really, really hard stuff. Um, and um, again, but it's, um, it's part of the community that he has created uh, from the beginning. Um, so before we get started, uh, let me pray. Heavenly Father, you are the King of kings, Lord, the Lord of lords. You are worthy of it all, Father God. You are faithful, Father. You're graceful and merciful, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. We ask you for, our, for forgiveness, Father, for our ways, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for just um, continuing to love us and um, transform us um, and just transform our hearts, Lord, to be more like you, Father, so that we may love like you, we may forgive like you, we may be faithful like you, Father God. We thank you for just uh, who you are, Father God. We thank you for dwelling inside of us, Lord. We thank you for guiding us every day, every step, every decision, Father God. We can't do it without you, Lord. And uh, we're just grateful and thankful. And I just ask you to have your way uh, with this message, Father God. Let it be your words, Father God, 
that we receive that transform our hearts and not my word, Lord. You have the power, Father God, to change us this morning. I just ask all of us, we open our hearts to you, Lord, and just uh, receive what you have for every single one of us, Lord. And let us leave changed and, uh, and grow closer to you, Lord. We love you. Have your way. Let your will be done, Lord, in your precious name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. You guys ready? We're going to talk about marriages. Oh, yeah. Strap on your seatbelts. It's, it's going to get real serious right here. So as we, as we said, um, community is something that God um, has created. It's his idea. And also marriage is, is God's creation. Uh, in the beginning in Genesis, in chapter 2, verse 24, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Say one flesh. What does that mean? One flesh. One flesh, right? One person, right? One flesh. Can you, can we separate one flesh, one human being? Can't separate it, right? It's just one. Amen? Uh, the passage we're going to focus in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through it really quickly. It's uh, in Matthew chapter 19, um, verse 1 through 10. So now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. Mel and Connie were just recently there. Amen. All right. Um, and great multitudes followed him and he and he healed them. He healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him. And saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. He's questioning them. He's asking, them the, he's asking the Pharisees, have you not read? Have you not read the word of, of, of God? He's questioning them. Um, so then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Amen. Amen. They said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. So we're seeing a lot of things here, right? So Jesus is, 
is teaching and preaching to the Pharisees and the disciples of what marriage is about. He's not saying it's a piece of cake, right? It's going to be hard. Um, so he's giving a glimpse of the magnificent view of marriage that God willed for his people, and their response reveals the enormous gap between his teaching, his creation of marriage versus the human's view of marriage. Amen? Um, so in verse 6, again, so they are no longer two but one flesh. What God has joined together, let no one separate. I hope that's clear. It's pretty clear, right? So if he's, if he's called you into marriage, you're one flesh, and let no man separate. Don't, any, don't let any man, the husband or the wife, the cousins, uncles, whoever it is, right? Let no one separate what God's called together. Amen? Verse 7, the Pharisees are hating on him right now. They're hating. They're like, well, Moses said this, right? Um, and you feel that their hearts are hardened. They're hardened. They're like, no, you know? There is a way that we can separate the flesh through, Moses, through what Moses has commanded us back then. And um, verse 8, he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. God's grace for hardened hearts but yet he confirms, right? So God's grace, knowing that people are going to struggle, right, with uh, unfaithfulness, sexual immorality, adultery, all that between a marriage, he knew he had to, you know, he had to have some grace because he knew our hearts can't handle it. We're not like him, right? Our hearts couldn't handle it. So if he allowed that. Through, through that sexual immorality, but only because of the hardened hearts. But he does say at the, the last, right when he ends, he says, but from the beginning, it was not so. So when he created marriage, that wasn't the case. When he saw our hearts of, 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 of human, how we are and how much we can handle, he said, okay, I'm going to have some grace on you guys. I know you guys, it's hard, but let me tell you, this is not what I created. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Verse 9, it continues, he says, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. So if we divorce for any reason, except for sexual immorality, and marry another, we're committing adultery. That's what he's telling us here. Amen? The, the disciples are right now just soaking all this in. They're like, man, this is, this is hardcore. This is going to be hard. They're counting the cost, right? They're thinking, man, if, you know, if she keeps yelling at me, and if she keeps, you know, disobeying me, or she keeps doing what she wants, what she, they're thinking about all these things, right? And they're like, and I can't, you know, 
divorce her except for sexual immorality, right? So they're counting the cost. Most of us, I don't think we count the cost before we uh, entered into a promise. I didn't, that's for sure. I'll be real, I didn't. My heart was, you know, uh, she, she stole my heart, and, and every day I left all my friends, and every day I was with, with my wife, and it was amazing. Um, she saved me from what I was in. She's, um, she's my angel. Um, so, uh, so for the single folks, um, you should also begin to see that marriage is not necessarily for everyone because it is a binding covenant. Just like the, just like the disciples are thinking about this covenant right now, right? And um, it's, it's not for everyone. Um, and remember that Jesus died as a single virgin, having fulfilled the will of God um, for his life. Amen? Amen? That's so encouraging. That's so encouraging, I think, for, you know, for us, our, us single people. There's more than just us. It's about him. It's not about us. Um, so I want to show you some stats. Uh, I think it's pr uh, pretty uh, important that we look at these. So I'm going to read these off to you guys. There is one divorce approximately every 36 seconds. Uh, do I need to go further? I think that's it, right? 30, every 36 seconds, something's wrong here. That's nearly 2,400 divorces per day, 16,800 divorces per week, and 876,000 divorces a year. The divorce rate for a first marriage is around 41%. The divorce rate is 60% for a second marriage and 73% for a third. It just keeps going up. So after you divorce the first time, don't get married again. That's what this data is telling us, right? There's no hope there. Uh, cumulatively, one in every four families will face a divorce. The average length for divorce proceedings is one year. First marriages that end in divorce, usually approximately eight years. Approximately 6% of American couples marry, divorce, and then remarry each other. Small percentage. <laughs> a lot of, they spend a lot of money, a lot of the kids' hearts, you know, all that, and then they get back together. So there's a lot of confusion for these poor kids that are involved in, in, in these. The divorce rate for couples over 65 years old has doubled since 1980. I don't get that one. 65 years old? And you're thinking about divorce? I mean, that's crazy. You, like, God gave us a helper to help each other. At 65, you're breaking down, or starting to at least. You need help. Why would you divorce? I don't think that's wise. Okay, 20s, you know, but 65, man. Some of us keep going strong. Marriages are more likely to last longer when people marry at an older age, have a higher education, and earn more money. So, again, this is how the world's looking at this, right? This is where they're putting their hope in, and education, 
and financial status, the age you're at. How many, how many amazing, you know, I just heard, um, uh, actually, uh, Bella, who's here today, she shared last night with me, she went to visit her sister in New Zealand, and um, her sister is 18 years old, 18 years old, and went there um, uh, with, a, with her church and ended up staying at a, at a pastor's house in New Zealand. The pastor ends up having a young, you know, young boy, and they end up getting engaged. Are they engaged? No, they plan on getting married. They're now dating and they're plan. I mean, look at that. Here's a young girl going for God's will across the country, right? And God, God has someone special. He has someone special for every single one of us. Amen. The youth, the young adults, believe that he has plans for you guys. He's already picked out your husband, your, your wife, your family. It's all set. We just have to, you guys have to just trust him and just go after him, seek him, and allow everything else to come in play. Amen? Amen. Um, marriages are more likely to last longer when people, uh, we are talking, okay, uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, premarital co uh, co cohabitation does not increase a couple's divorce risk if the couple intends to get married. This is crazy. This is opposite. So you should move in together, do what you want to do before you get married, just to make sure, you know, she's not messy or, you know, she, he's, he doesn't smell bad, all this stuff. You know, this is, uh, this is false. The top five reasons for divorce include communication problems, infidelity or betrayal, financial problems, psychological emotional and physical abuse and loss of interest. I'm, uh, yeah, this is too much information, and uh, <laughs> why, why get married? These are the, what disciples are thinking about right now yeah. as Jesus is, is teaching them and telling them, hey, it's, it's, it's a big covenant that you're entering into, and uh, you've got to count the cost, you know? Um, so, Let's see here, where are we? Okay. So there's three different marriages I wanna focus on today. And I think we're, we're all of us land in one of them. Um, but uh, we land in the most important one is what matters. The first one is um, the worldly marriage, okay? It's weird because I, came, I wrote these three and then God said, oh, you know, Describe what, the, what, what they are. So the worldly marriage is the blind marriage. Is the blind marriage. I definitely fall into this category. Um, so this is a couple that does not, that, the, that this is a couple that um, has not come to know or have accepted God, okay? A couple that is led by their emotions and their own understandings of a marriage. Maybe the couples that, you know, I don't know why I wrote this, but, you know, it just came to mind like, you know, some folks are in Vegas having a good time and they feel like that, you know, they're under the influence and they feel like they met the right one, they go right downstairs and get married blindly, right? Um, 
Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priests because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore your children. And the scripture is just telling us, right, don't lean on our own understanding. We have to um, seek him and trust him, um, and he'll direct us in our paths. Um, this is also a couple that relies on man's knowledge. That could be family, count, a counselor, a marriage counselor, um, books. Um, that could be, what else did I put down? Uh, you know, a, a psychologist, uh, palm readers, right? Anyone that will, will give you some um, guidance um, in marriage. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, men, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. We have to remember the, 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 the foolishness of God is wiser than any man. Any man. So we should not be going to, you know, non-believers or psychologists, um, you know, for godly wisdom and, guide, and godly direction. Amen. So what he's telling us here. 1 Corinthians 3.19 also, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness. So the wisdom that we see here on this world is foolishness. So if, if we accept that, understand that, then we should always go to the Lord that is the only wise. Um, it also says, For it is written, He catches the wise in their own craftiness. So whoever those folks are that are guiding, mis misdirecting marriages and souls, um, he knows all of them. He catches all of them. This is also a couple's marriage that ends up in a divorce because of the world, uh, the influence of the world, uh, influence of the family that don't, don't you know, seek God for guidance, friends, counsels, books, that tells us that it's best for them. It just wasn't meant to be, right? We hear that, right? This is probably the best thing to do is probably just get a divorce. You know, uh, it wasn't meant to be, right? We've heard that. Um, and, you know, you'll find someone that's, that's the right one for you. And it's easy, right? So imagine being in that position and it's just not working out. It's just, it's an easy outlet, right? It's easy to say, you know what, it's just not working out. You know, uh, we got married seven months into dating. It just we, we moved too soon, right? Let's just part ways. It's easy, right? Then you move on. After a year, you recover, and then you're on to the next thing. The second marriage, I also fall into this category. <laughs> Religious marriage. Religious marriage. I call this one the outward ceremony. The outward ceremony. This is a couple that has been born in a Christian family, 
but not really come to have personal relationship with the Lord. That was me. Uh, my parents are Armenian, Orthodox, Christian, and I was born into a Christian family. Um, my mom had a relationship with God, but really didn't share God with me and the importance of having a relationship with Him. Uh, my father, uh, not really. You know, we would go to church a couple times a year for like weddings, baptisms, um, um, you know, different, cer baptis uh, different ceremonies, uh, Easter, Christmas, but, you know, we just went because we were, you know, forced to go with, with our parents. Um, so that, this is the couple that I'm describing. So the religious marriage is someone that just didn't have a relationship with God and is, is born uh, and raised into a Christian family. Uh, a couple that makes a vow in front of God that truly doesn't know the covenant they are entering into and or understand what they're promising and who they are truly making that promise to. That was me. Um, I didn't really mean any of the, any of the truly looking back, I didn't really mean um, what I, I, I promised, you know. Uh, yes, I, I, I wanted to be with my wife um, until death, right? That's the emotions, that's the feelings at that moment. I think we all feel that. But really it's about our promise to God. It's not the promise, you know, Yes, it is to each other, but before each other, it's, it's to God is who we're making this promise to. Amen? Um, so you guys are going to experience something very unique this morning. You're going to see, um, actually, yeah, before I say that, I'm going to ask uh, two people to come up here. So we're going to ask uh, Yvette, come on up, and RJ, <laughs> give him a hand. So, yeah, come on up. Yeah, absolutely. I want everyone to see you. You're about to make some real promises, boy. You better not. So, you guys have never experienced this. They've never experienced this. They're about to get married, and they didn't know that. So, uh, I'm just kidding. So, I'm just going to use you here. Uh, but again, this is... Um, this is the vow that most of us take. This is uh, the traditional Christian vow that, you know, most of us uh, did. So, uh, uh, let me see how this, oh, you know, no, this way. You turn this way. You come here, please. Thank you. Okay, come closer. Yeah, hold hands. There you go. There you go. So, uh, hold on, hold on real quick. Hold on, hold on. I need everyone to hear this. Where's the, oh, here we go. All right, here we go. So, when I was in this position, I said the vow, okay? But, uh, but before I said the vow, I didn't know what true marriage was, uh, what, how hard it was going to be, um, how much I needed God to make, you know, make it work. Um, and I said this vow, and um, I want you guys to repeat after me, okay? Oh, Lord. All right, are you guys ready? Let's do it. Okay. All right. So, RJ, you're going to go first. All right? So, <clears throat> so repeat after me, okay? Right. This is my first marriage. I'm excited, too. So, this is, this is yeah, yeah. awesome. I'm not nervous, but. 
<laughs> hold hands, hold hands. All right. So, I, RJ, Mikhail. I, RJ, Mikhail. Take you, Yvette. Take you, Yvette. To be my to be, wife. To be my wife. To have. To have. To hold. To hold. From this day forward. From this day forward. For better. For better. For worse. For worse. For richer. For richer. For poorer. For poorer. In sickness, in sickness and in health, and in health to, love, to love and to cherish, and to cherish till, death do us apart, till death do us part. According to God's, according to God's holy, law, holy law, in the presence of God, in the presence of God I, make this vow. I make this vow. Amen. All right. This is missing that. Right? Huh? Huh? This is All right. You're tripping. Uh, hold on. <laughs> We're not there yet, right? Wait. All right. I, Yvette. I Take you, RJ. Take you, RJ. Hold on, girl. Are you sure you're ready? <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're ready. This is just a religious marriage. <laughs> Still, okay, even okay, though really, okay. like you're like in love right sure. now, and you know, you know, you're already thinking about the honeymoon, and you know, if you say this, you get through this, you're going to honeymoon, and you guys get to live together, and you guys, you know. So I vet take you, RJ. I Yvette, take you, RJ. To be my husband. To be my husband. To have. To have. And to hold. And to hold. From this day forward. Stay forward. For better. For better. For worse. For worse. For richer. For richer. For poorer. For poorer. <laughs> She's counting her cost. So you better ball out, boy. You're the head. In sickness. Sickness. And in health. And in health. To love, to love and to cherish, cherish till death, to death do, do, us do us apart. According to God's holy law. According to God's holy law. In the presence of God. In the presence of God. I make this vow. I make this vow. Amen. 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 All right, give it up. Thank you guys. <laughs> Man. That's what it looks like, the religious marriage. Right when they're walking off, she's like, don't hold, touch me. So I, 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 we do this example just to, again, the vow is to have to hold from this day forward for better, right? For the good times and for the worse. Worse can highlight so many things, so many things. Uh, um, you know, just immaturity, um, um, you know, um, lack of knowledge is, is the biggest. I think, you know, as I was studying and preparing for this, God was telling me premarital counseling for marriage. I wish I had that. Amen. I wish I had that versus just, you know, uh, going with my own emotions and how I felt and how she made me f feel versus really knowing it's going to be hard it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be struggle. At times, you, you're going to be humiliated. You're going to feel like it's, it's, there's no way it's going to work. It wasn't meant to be. I wish I had that. So for the young adults or the youth, that's for you guys and for anyone else that's single here. Make sure you spend time with the Lord or with uh, your pastor to really count the cost. Understand what is going to come because... It's, you're going to have the bad seasons. You're going to have the good seasons, right? And you want to be prepared for those seasons because if you're not prepared, you know what's going to happen? It's going to take the easy route, the, the exit, just a divorce. Yeah. 
That's, it. That's what the world has shown us. That's the world marriage, right? So again, um, to continue for worse, for richer, for poorer. Yvette wasn't really cool about the poorer part, but <laughs> if you're in a shack, I remember my parents, when they came from Lebanon to U.S., we lived in a garage on one bed, you know? That's what it means for poorer, right? Um, in sickness and in health, right? If someone's sick, God forbid, stay with them, you know? But it's sad. In today's world, you hear some crazy stuff. Like, the wife is battling cancer and he's, peace out with another one. It's like crazy. That's our hearts. That's the human's heart. It's real. That's what, what, we, what we see, what we hear. Um, to love and to cherish love. We, we, we're all in the process of learning what love is. Amen? Um, the world has a different way of love. Uh, we talked about it with the youth, you know, and some of them mentioned, oh, when someone buys me something, or uh, actually that was our youth leader. Uh, I want to throw him out there. <laughs> Zach, uh, when someone buys me something, when someone says something to me, when uh, an experience we experience together, you know, this is the love that we um, or the world is trying to make us um, accept. But his love is completely different. Uh, till, death, till death do us apart. Again, death. So when he says, I made him one flesh, right? I think that's what he's saying here, till death do us apart, right? That's what the promise, you know, regardless of what it is, I'm going to be with you until the end, until the end. Um, according to God's holy law, we're acknowledging, right, his holy way. In the presence of God, I make this vow, right? Community, we talked about community. There's no community without God, right? There's no kingdom marriage without God. It's got to be the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and husband and wife. That's, that's kingdom marriage, right? Without that, it's, it's, it's not a kingdom. It's maybe a worldly kingdom, but not the great kingdom. Um, again, also these folks that are married in a, you know, that... Have brought up in a, have been brought up in a religious uh, family, uh, end up getting in a divorce because they are laying on their own understanding and of the world's view of what a marriage should be. We continue to allow the enemy to steal the blessings of marriage, community, and the hearts of the couples and the children that are involved in these um, involved in these communities. Amen. He is using every opportunity to, to destroy what God's called together. Every single one, every opportunity. In John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He's here, the, the enemy's here to steal our marriages, our communities. He's here to split, split this, this church up, right? Because of our ways or the things he's telling us, the lies he's telling us. And same thing with marriages. He's coming in. 
He's separating them. And we all know that these kids that are involved in these divorce situations, their hearts are just broken, broken. For the adults, it's easier. They move on, you know, our selfish ways, and we're, we're good. You know, I have, a, I have a good friend. He's going through this. And uh, I met with him, and I was begging him, consider the kids for the kids' sake. What have they done wrong? They're innocent. They just want a mother and father. Right? How are they going to go to sleep? How are they going to feel? You're letting the enemy come in and just break their hearts. But again, our hardened hearts that God talks about, our selfish ways, right? Um, I feel like both the worldly and religious marriages we spoke about end up in divorces most of the time due to the obvious reason of not having a relationship with God, number one. And, um, and God who created it, and because we are not willing to fight for what God's plan for us is along with selfish, worldly desires. It's easier to get a divorce than keep trying. And, all, and, and what God brought to my, uh, my remembrance here is he never gave up. He never gave up. <coughs> on our Father's will for his life, even when he was humiliated, beaten, and killed. And at times, he was, he was, it was in flesh too, right? Jesus was here and he was praying, is there another way, God, Father? Right? Right? And that's what we do. Is there another way? The world tells us, yeah, divorce. That's, that's the way. But today, God's telling us, you know, we have to be like our Father, our, as Christ and, and just endure through that just like he did. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'll be the first one to tell you. But lastly, we're going to touch on the kingdom marriage. And this description is, is perfect. God's doing for his glory and our good is, is the kingdom marriage. So it's God's doing for his glory, not mine, not yours, his glory, and our good. He knows, he would have never created it, right, if it wasn't important? He doesn't make mistakes. So, a couple of highlights on kingdom marriage, what that may look like. Kingdom marriage is a community with our Heavenly Father, Christ, Holy Spirit, and man and woman. A couple that has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You guys taking notes over here? This is like good stuff right here. This is the stuff I didn't have when I was your age. A couple that has been baptized by the Holy Spirit and made new. Second Corinthians uh, 5, 7, or I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He's so good. 
a couple that has a personal relationship with God, a couple that lives for God's glory and chases His heart. Not chasing your wife's heart, your husband's heart, but his heart. A couple that trusts the plans that God has made for us. Do we all believe he has plans for us? Amen. But at times I think it's hard to trust his plans. To be real. But his words tell us otherwise. In Psalms 37, uh, 23 to 24, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. He says a lot, even about, you know, as we're talking about marriages, you know, we're going to stumble. We're going to stumble. It just... Uh, uh, it's just the nature of who we are and what sin is. We're going to stumble, but he's not going to let us fall as long as we're seeking him and, and his heart. A couple that is more focused and concerned on the community that God has called for, called for rather, themselves, rather than themselves. And this is what Pastor shared with us last week. We can't be focused on ourselves. That's not what God, uh, that's, not, that's not what he did when he was on earth. He wasn't concerned about himself. He was concerned about his people. Even when his, um, you know, mom and dad came to him, he let, he let him know he's about his father's business. That's right? Right? So he's not thinking about himself. He's very unselfish, the most unselfish person I think we've ever met. Amen? Amen? And we need to be more like that. Um, it's just a, it, it just a part of um, the kingdom marriage is to focus on his will for our life. Pastor, uh, yeah, no, I sorry I said that. Marriages have, marriages have purpose. He brought, us, he brought us together for a reason and let no one tear it apart because there are things that must be done through this marriage. This is where it's really good, guys. As hard as it gets sometimes and as much as we think that's the best thing for us is to, you know, just separate, there is a purpose for this marriage. And we have to really accept that regardless of what it is. He was able to do it. He had, there's no reason for him to be crucified. He was perfect. He's holy. And he continued to endure and fight and fight and fight for all of us. Um, again, there's, there's things that must be done through this, the kingdom marriage. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. This is, again, another 
word we have to trust. As hard as it can be at times, he's saying his plans are for good, are for good, and not for disaster. And to give us a future and hope. And a couple that is, again, about their father's business, focused on him. It's, it's, you know, continues to show us that we need to be servants for our father. But at times we find our way, you know, we get caught up in our selfish ways. And we just have to hold each, each other accountable as a husband, as a wife, and remind each other it's not about us. Amen? It's about, it's about him. It's about his glory, not about us. So it's very important that we remind each other of that as we, um, as we communicate. A couple, a couple and community must endure. We must endure. We have to get stronger. We have to get stronger, and the only way we can get stronger is by his word. Not physically, but spiritually. Amen. We need his word. These scriptures that he shares with us this morning is what gives us strength, Amen. allows us to endure. James chapter 1, verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. I want that crown of life. But we must endure. And it's not easy. But it's, it's, it's definitely um, possible. We must continue to fight and endure for our marriages regardless at times how hard it may feel or look. And as I shared earlier, Jesus did the same thing for us. As hard as it was, you know, just watch and just knowing what he went through, all the pain, the humility, you know, watching the passion of Christ. I can't even watch that, see, you know, how hard it was for him. And he had the power to do whatever he wanted to, but he knew that's the only way his love was going to be, you know, seen across the world and, and transform across the world. Amen. And if he did it, and we, we are trying to be more like him, we have to at least try. We have to try to endure. We have to try. Um, we just have to try. And we talk about effort, you know. We talked about yesterday in our baptism class. Um, He's always there. He's doing what he needs to do. But we also have to put in effort. We have to put in effort. We have to endure. We have to forgive. We have to love. We have to sacrifice. You know, all the things that he did. God doesn't say it's going to be easy. It wasn't easy for him, but he did it for our Heavenly Father. And we must do the same. We must try to do the same regardless of how we look and how painful it is. The pain is, I wrote, the pain is temporary, and his vic victory is eternal. Amen? The pain is temporary. It's temporary. Like Nicholas says, you're not going to die. It's just temporary. Do it for God. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for us. Right? We can do it. So 
coming to a close uh, with one of my favorite scriptures, and he's so good, like I was telling Pastor before service, but uh, Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So we think about this. When, when I came across the scripture, most of the time, I'm thinking about me. I can, I can be a successful businessman. I can be an amazing husband, an amazing father, uh, an amazing you know, uh, ministry leader, which is all true. But this morning, as I'm putting like, boxes in my car, um, it's so crazy when he talks to you. Like, you know, I'm moving the kids' scooters out of the way, and he just br- to- told me, uh, he reminded me, I can do all things. It's really not about even us. He reminded me it's about him. I can do things, I can do all things through him, for him, Amen. not for me. It's so awesome. I was jumping up and down in my garage as I'm moving boxes. You know, I don't know. I get excited when he talks to me and he reveals more of him, right? The scripture, so many of us, I think we look at it so differently, like it's about us. Yes, he's going to bless us, but really everything and, ev- and anything is for his glory, right? Anyway, it was just awesome. All that, the scripture I, I used to, I, the reason why I use the scripture is because we can endure. We can go through trials and tribulations with our loved ones. Uh, we can, you know, we can get right to the edge where we think that, hey, we can't do it anymore. But he says here we can do all things, anything, everything through him, through his strength. We really need to believe that this morning. Amen. If we don't believe that, the default is divorce, right? The default is relying on our own strength, right? And, not, and, and, and our understanding. So it's important that we really understand and believe that we can do everything through Christ, um, especially when it comes with, um, to marriages. So, um, you know, when I, uh, as I shared, I was, I can fall in both of those categories, worldly and religious um, marriages. I, me and my family have been serving the Lord for about six years now or so. And before that, we were in this category, worldly or religious marriage, and um, you know, when he says he has plans for us, he showed me so much through this teaching, this study. When he says he has plans for us, we have to believe that. We have to believe that. It's not just words. When he says we can do all things through him, we have to believe that. I did take the vow that you guys did earlier. It didn't mean anything to me. It just felt good. You know, I was happy. I was in a place where I went from doing the wrong things, losing friends, to coming to the altar in front of the Lord and, and just being happy that I get to now leave the world that I used to be in and come into this other world with my wife. 
But I mean, right after that, soon, soon after our wedding, all, all that feeling, all those emotions that you feel, you know, they disappear. Slowly, slowly they disappear. And my selfish ways um, and some of the challenges that Julia's had in, 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 you know, before meeting with the Lord and my challenges I've had, it just didn't work. And, but people, the world, it's so sad. The world is looking on the outside. They used to come and say, oh, you're so blessed. You have a beautiful family. You guys look so happy. But inside, we were empty. Empty. We were empty. And we got to a place after how many years? Uh, 12 years? 12 years? Where that's it. Just like most of these other families, one out of four families, you know, come to. It was time to, and the enemy at that moment, um, even though she stayed with me, because, you know, I was in the mortgage business, we were making, uh, I was making good money, then the crash, and then uh, we went from a nice house to a small little apartment, and she was still riding and dying. She was still living out her thing, but uh, my selfish choice continued, you know, um, to do what I wanted to do and didn't consider her at, at, at any time. Um, it led us to a place where, and the enemy was right there. The enemy was telling me, dude, you could be single. You can be rolling in a Lamborghini for $1,500 a month. All these worldly things, you know, get setting me up yeah. to steal my family, to steal our hearts of our kids, and more importantly, to steal the glory of God. It's not, nothing that we did, nothing that we did, that we're still together as a family. When he says he has plans for us, um, I see his plan. As hard as it is, we, we should have been separated. We should have been divorced. We, shouldn't, we, we wouldn't have Noel. But we have to endure. It's not easy. Marriage is not easy. And we can do it through him. And it's all because of him that we are still married today. We're serving the Lord. My marriage is everything I've ever wanted plus some. More than I can ever imagine. But I had to surrender. I had to surrender to, to our Father. There was no way we would have been able to serve God, give glory to God, if we continued to live the way we used to live. So I found myself on my knees. One of the only times I was just crying and begging, I said, I need you. And he showed up. He was there. He's been there all, all along. He's always been working. I've just ignored him. We ignore him. Amen. We ignore him. We want to do things our way. And, um, but you know, when, we, when we're worshiping earlier and we said his love is like a storm, that's what I experienced. Right when I was on my knees and it was time for us to divorce, to separate, we were both done. She couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. The storm just wrapped us up and he led me word by word, instruction by instruction on what I must do. Amen. And at that time, I thought it was for us, but now I know who it was for. Yeah. 
It was for Him. It was for His glory. And through this, I'm telling you, God's provided hope to so many family members around us. So many family members around us. How could they be together still? Who is this God that they serve? How are they they still together? Oh, wow, they're adding another family member? (laughs) He just shows us that it's all for him. And there's hope. He shows us there's hope. Even when the world says there is no hope. You guys should be divorced. But he shows us hope. And he shows us how good he is. And we must do it for our Father. We, he deserves it. No matter what, how, how humiliated we're going to be, no matter how hard it's going to be, how painful it's going to be, he went through it all. He did it for us. Why shouldn't we do it for him? Are we going to really be Christians? Are we really going to do what he's asking? Or are we just going to pretend? Come here and just pretend. But it's a process. It's a process. And he, um, it's a, lot, long, a lifelong journey. And uh, we just have to accept that. And, um, but also, more importantly, believe in his word and in his promises so that we can endure and, and um, bring him the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, Worship team, would you guys please come up? We're going to take communion. Take communion. Um, We can't leave here um, without inviting our brothers and sisters that are here today that have not met the king that I shared with you this morning. So if you're, if you haven't met, um, if you haven't met Jesus, um, as I explained to you, we live in a very, very sinful world. It's all around us. You can't, I've learned through the hard way that uh, I couldn't do it by myself. I couldn't do it with a wife. He showed up for me. And I knew he was the only one that I could do it with. So if you haven't, um, if you're just having some challenges in life and walking the, this, this, this journey of life and uh, you haven't reached out to the one that can help you, that has all the answers for us, um, he's inviting you up to the altar this morning. He wants to speak to you. He wants to tell you all the promises. And he wants to heal you. He wants to restore. So if that's you, you want to hear from our creator, the King of Kings, our Father, your Father. He's always knocking. He's always there. And He's inviting you up to spend some time with Him. A second call. If you are like me in the religious or this worldly marriage, 
and you took the vow in front of God and you really didn't truly understand the covenant that you were entering or um, and who was it re- who was really being addressed to to God versus each other um, God wants to give you uh, an opportunity this morning to come up with your loved one and, uh, and take that vow again. And really um, allow him to just speak to you guys. I'm so, I'm, so, uh, I'm so grateful for all you young adults and the youth that are here this morning. Um, I really hope it resonates with you guys this morning because I wish I was in your spot when I was your age. To, to really know him, to receive his wisdom, to, to be able to make the right decisions that glorifies him. Um, you guys are so blessed to be here, and then there's a reason why you guys are out here this morning. Amen. So prayer team, if you guys want to uh, come on down, if there's anyone that wants to just um, spend time with the king this morning, uh, he's inviting all of us. Amen. church at 451 West Lambert Road, Suite 204 in the city of Brea. Our service times are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.thewaybrea.com or you can download our church app by visiting your app store and searching The Way Brea. Be blessed.